Welcome to episode 73 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And today I'm joined by my friends, Hunter and Rebecca. Rebecca is the manager of The Bookshelf and Hunter is one of our frequent customers and podcast guests. Today we are doing volume three of Love It or Loathe It. And this episode we are discussing Walt by Russell Wangerski. Hello, friends. Hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having us. We are without co-host Chris today, but we figured love it or loathe it episodes are three of us anyway, and three voices <laughs> seems to be plenty. So um, so let's talk about Walt. Um, Rebecca, why don't you give us a brief rundown? Because this was a book that was an ARC a few months ago, and you kind of read it and then wanted the rest of us to read it. So tell us about it. Well, the cover kind of gripped me right off because you've got like just this tile background, red wall, and then like this shopping cart. Mm -hmm. And it looks very simple, but also slightly ominous. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically, it's about a middle-aged janitor. He's not the type of guy that you would typically take notice of. And he works in a grocery store and collects people's grocery shopping lists. Like he will empty out the trash, find their lists, and then try and figure out things about their lives. Mm -hmm. And actually, he ends up kind of like stalking some of them. Um, And so there's just kind of this premise that this person that you wouldn't really consider dangerous, these items that you wouldn't really consider to be informative about you can actually say a lot about who you are and leave you vulnerable. And that, I think, was my favorite part of the book. So Rebecca passed the book along to Hunter, who then passed the book along to me. Um, Full disclosure, this episode is going to release around June 24th, and we are recording it in (laughs) April um, because that is when we read it, and we wanted to record this while it was kind of still fresh on our brains. Um, But what you just described is one of the things I did like about the book, which is those grocery lists Mm -hmm. that kind of are at the start of every few chapters um, because I do think that's interesting to take a look at those grocery lists and see, oh, what does that say about Um, the person and what what did the janitor, Walt, what did he kind of uh, undiscover about or discover about about these people that were in his grocery store? So I did think that was interesting. Hunter, how did you feel? I... I liked the premise of it and I liked the organization. Um, How, like, how how he... um, what am I looking for? The way that each chapter was set up, because it would go from Walt to this girl that he's stalking, it's diary entries of hers, and then to this detective. Yes, like, that's right. Um, and I really liked that. But I will say, I have been reading a lot of books about middle-aged white men who have problems with women. <laughs> and I think that if I hadn't read several of the books like that in the past couple months, that I would have liked this more. But because I read that... I was getting like very angry, and I have this irrational anger towards white men now, and so which maybe is a little. I was bit about helpful. to say, join the club. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I so I gave this to Hunter because I started it, and I was in the middle of some other book, and I was like, "Here, you take this. I'll, I need to finish this book." It was one of those things where like I was just in the middle of too many books, which. Um, sometimes sometimes happens when we have lots of advanced reader copies headed mm-hmm. our way. Um, and I will say that we have done a few of these Love It or Loathe It episodes, and, and even when we don't do episodes like this, we talk about books this way all the time, like which books do you love and which books do you hate. Um, I did not love Walt. Oh, I'm so <laughs> sorry. But I just did not... 
it didn't connect with me. And I, I think part of it may have to do with, yes, right now, especially I feel like you're reading a lot of books with unreliable narrators and with men who are kind of misogynistic. And that does get old after a while because, okay, give me something, give me something different. Which is why I did like the grocery um, list aspect mm -hmm. because I thought that was really interesting. The most compelling parts of the novel for me were um, the woman he was stalking, her diary entries. Mm -hmm. Those to me were the best written, um, most compelling. But I don't know if that's just because she is the character who I most resonated with. Um, Walt was not was not a compelling character to me. And I and I don't know why. Um, I'm not sure why that was. Um, and in comparison to something like Perfect Days, which we did an episode about, um, I read Perfect Days and hated it, as we discussed. Mm -hmm. Walt, I read it and just thought, oh, okay. Like, ambivalent. Mm -hmm. So not love or loathe, just, eh, all right, that's fine. Um, but I, I had trouble getting through this one. And... I don't know. Again, I'm not quite sure why that was. But Rebecca, you See, loved it. See, that's interesting because I did. I loved this yeah. book. I mean, I read it in Fast. two sittings. I remember. It, I loved the quality of the writing because everything was really like downplayed. It's super subtle. I mean, it's a really creepy concept for this guy to go around yeah. collecting like grocery lists. This seems like such a harmless thing to do and yet there's something so unsettling about the whole thing. Yeah. And the way that because he narrates his own thoughts and his own processes, it comes across as almost logical. So you kind of get lulled into this false sense of complacency. Like I found myself, because the, the premise of the book really is that you've got him and you're pretty sure that he's like actually committed crimes, that he's not just stalking people because there are, his wife is missing mm -hmm. and has been missing for some time. And he claims to have absolutely nothing to do with it. But you also have um, these detectives who are kind of following up on the investigation and trying to prove that he had something to do with it. Right. But the whole way through the book, you're actually not quite sure. And I found myself forgetting that you're supposed to believe he's guilty. Mm. Um, like, be there was some uncertainty thrown mm. into the mix because he sounds so reasonable and so rational as he's describing his own life. Right. Um, and the things that he does, while, while they're just quirky, you know, it's not terrifying, it's just eccentric, you know? Right. And so he kind of explains away his own um, really just creepy nature and I really appreciated that I as the reader wasn't convinced that he was a villain yeah but there was something that was also kind of terrifying about that and so your unease like grows as you read until it kind of builds to a crescendo but it's all it was all done with a very a, a light touch I didn't feel like anything was overplayed and I appreciated that because sometimes you get like with perfect days you get something that's over sensationalized and so you have right. these really intensely disturbing things and it's all up in your face and there's no subtlety to it yeah. and I found in Walt the subtlety that I wanted to find that in was missing days. in perfect days and what you describe as subtle I think I describe as boring I just was not, <laughs> I completely wasn't, I completely wasn't, um, I wasn't attached to this story. I didn't mm -hmm. care what happened to anyone. I didn't care what happened to Walt. I didn't care. The detectives felt like bumbling like around. I just didn't care about their plot point. Like, so I, I totally agree with you on the sense that like, yeah, it was subtle and it, Perfect Days was the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. Like you did, you know, we all talked about Perfect Days being kind of in your face, but I just, God, I was not, I don't even know the word I'm looking for, but I was not attached to this story. What about you? Well, you, 
But I will say, and I think this is, I will say, this is one of the reasons why I feel like I felt somewhat indifferent about it at some point was because I just read The People in the Trees by Honey Yonagahara and then Lord of the Flies by William Gold, Golding? William Golding. Mm-hmm. And I loved both of those. And so I think that was, well, I was, and I make the mistake of always thinking, well, this is going to be just like, as just it's going to be as good as Gone Girl or The Secret History or something. And I have, like, really high expectations for everything. And that's the publisher's fault. Like, the publisher should... I mean, I think we all have talked about, we've got to stop saying, next Gone Girl, Mm -hmm. next Girl on the Train. Um, And that goes back to what I describe as, like, your reading rhythm. Yeah. And I think I have mentioned before on the podcast that I read um, Station Eleven, Mm -hmm. and then I followed it up with The Royal We. And what everybody thought was, like, the fun, cutesy book of the summer, and I think that it was, by (laughs) the way, but I kind of fought my way through. And, I mean, I think critics generally liked Royal We. They thought it was cute. Our customers loved Royal We. And I just felt like, sure, that's fine. And, look, this is somebody... I love the royal family. Mm -hmm. I follow Kensington Palace on Instagram. (laughs) But, like, I was not attached to that book. And I think it has to do with what you're reading before and after. For me, Walt was was a break from a a definitely a reading lull. Like, I'd read... read, read, (laughs) I had read um, a couple of books that I just found to be really blasé, very boring. I was, like, kind of in a slump. And so this, for me, was the book that kind of... And I think that absolutely makes a difference, too. Mm -hmm. I I honestly don't recall what I was reading prior to Walt, but I remember whatever it was, was was, that was compelling enough for me to pass Walt along to Hunter um, and to just say, give this to me when you're you're done. Um, I, I would like to have seen... So you described this slow burn, and then it kind of builds to this crescendo, and I felt like there was no crescendo. I I was left wanting one. And then it just felt like, where is it? In one sense, just from how I personally experienced it, because like as I read the last page, like my jaw dropped, like it literally dropped. And I was like, wait, that's it? Right. It's done? Yeah. But I feel like the lack of crescendo was its crescendo, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. I commend him a lot on not falling into this trap of thinking that everything has to have a twist because yes. there is no twist. And I, I respect, I respected a yes. lot of his choices he made in this. And I think that it's more, it's something that I didn't personally love it, but I, I show a lot of admiration for somebody who can really like say, well, I'm not going to fall into these like very, um, um, like by the number, you know, plot points. Like yeah. Like there are times when I'm, for instance, like I'm watching a show and I predict what's going to happen. And it's not because I've done such a great job at intuiting it. It's yeah. because it follows a natural pattern, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and I've come to recognize the pattern of different styles of writing. Yeah. Um, but this, I felt like he kind of dipped his toe into the psychological thriller waters without giving the reader exactly what was expected. And that's I true. think that's one of the reasons I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I wanted less Walt, mm-hmm. more, women's voices. Yes. And maybe that's why I liked Girl on the Train or why I liked Gone Girl. Um, because Walt's chapters felt so long. <laughs> and then I was like, I want to hear from the girl's diary. I want to hear from his wife. We never hear from his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, his no, wife, I did want to hear from her. His much. wife is one-dimensional. And on the one hand, I'm with Hunter. That's kind of admirable. He's yeah. not falling into these traps of, let's set up all these different voices. Mm-hmm. Like, he's letting Walt be the primary narrator. Mm-hmm. Um, which is great, because that's different from a lot of what's out there right now. Um, in, in terms, especially, of suspense novels. But... I did find myself wanting more. Like, I wanted, 
like, okay, well, we get it. <laughs> You're weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, tell me, give me something else. Well, and people love his other work. Like, people love it. And um, people, other people who have read ARCs of his, if they, if this is the first book they've read of his, they love it. And if it's, because this is his sixth, I think. Okay. And a lot of people who read his earlier work didn't like this one as much. And they, and they were like, well, they're like, it's, they're like, it's good, but it's just not what, it's not what we wanted or whatever, which I guess is in a way is a good thing because it shows a difference in his... Is he an American author, or was this a translation? It was not a translation. It was not a translation. Yeah. Okay, that was my question, because because this is an awful stereotype, but his last name, I thought, oh, is this a Swedish novel? Like, <laughs> and it was a slow burn, which, um, you know, one... Okay, lest we think... Lest listeners think that I just only like these big, bombastic mm-hmm. novels. I really did love The Dinner mm-hmm. um, by Herman Koch, mm-hmm. and it, it built into this... But it was so quiet and so subtle and built into this... Yeah kind of a crescendo moment but at the same time there wasn't this huge mm-hmm. crescendo um I loved that book so I I don't know what fell flat this time for me I don't know if it was the writing or maybe I just didn't buy into what Walt was selling me I don't know um because the concept was there and mm-hmm. I and I loved like you said Rebecca I loved the the grocery list and this mm-hmm. kind of psychological like what do our little basic needs kind of say about yeah. us like what do and I gosh as a list maker like uh, yes. like, like isn't that terrifying <laughs> yes. like I make lists constantly that's what my planner is full of and I have often thought like what if somebody found my planner like, well, like oh, I just, I just threw away an old notebook and it has stuff like schedules and to-do lists and all this kind of stuff and I mean it was full and so I was getting ready to toss it and then before I threw it in the trash I thought Maybe I should burn it first. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I totally so this book get did that. did come back to haunt me. Yeah. Well, I don't make lists. So I was like, I was like, I mean, no one's going to stalk me. And if they do, they're going to like be bored anyway. Bored out of their mind. Yeah, like, but, um, and I think, which I'm really glad that, Rebecca, you liked this. Because <laughs> I think this just shows that like, it's not always like something because people always say oh well either you hate it or you love it type. And I don't think it's something's ever universally hated or liked. Yeah. I think sometimes people who have similar reading taste or like, you know, look for the same things in books can actually one love it, one hate it. That's yeah. what I love is because at first I was like, Oh no, Rebecca gave me this book <laughs> and I hate it. And now I got to talk about it. And I think you asked me, you were like, how did you like it? I was like, let's wait for the podcast. I was like, like Oh no, I got this sinking feeling in my gut. I was like, Annie hated it. <laughs> and so that's the fun thing about reading to me is, and that's why book clubs are important. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have often been the solo voice of dissent in a book mm-hmm. club or, you know, and that's kind of what I love though, is you can have these really great conversations and it doesn't mean necessarily that your taste levels are bad or different or good. What it means is you're coming at a book with all your different experiences. Um, you're not coming to books with a blank slate. No. Like you're coming to books. It all depends on what you've read before and after. Mm-hmm. It depends on what, like I read um, ton of French suspense novels. And so i that's the formula I love. And so if a book doesn't have that formula, I'm kind of like, like it's fine. <laughs> um, and so I think that's what's so fascinating about books and reading, and that's why I do love when we do this, and it wouldn't be fun if all the time we all hated or all loved the book. No, and I was just writing about this because I wrote a blog post about um, book clubs and how when I first started the book club, one of my fears was that, oh no, I'm going to pick something and people aren't going to like it, or I'm going to have a favorite and somebody else is going to hate it. And actually that's not, that you kind of want that in a book discussion setting because really those different viewpoints are the lifeblood of any kind of book-related conversation. Absolutely. And there is, I will say there is something 
wonderful and kindred about when you find someone who loves the same book you do. Um, like there's just something, you almost feel this deep connection like oh you get it like mm -hmm. you, you get me like, like when a customer came in and started talking about Nora Ephron and yes. we both like I mean oh it was like you've known each other for years yes like <laughs> and that was like the highlight of my Saturday was okay and I probably honestly have nothing in common with that customer like <laughs> you know probably not but it feels like she and I could be best friends forever because yes. we love Nora like and so you're absolutely right so there's something really deep and meaningful about when two people love the same book and there's also something really fun about when two people don't like the same book and I think as a staff, since Rebecca is on staff, it's important that we have differing tastes. Yes. It would not be good if no. Rebecca and I just loved the same things. Um, it's part of the reason I love that Chris and Sterling are now on board because mm -hmm. they read very differently. Um, and also we've talked about, and I think we might do a whole blog post about this, like the Venn diagram of where our tastes cross. Yes. And so that's fun too. So you do have these, Rebecca and I certainly have, I think some YA novels that we both mm -hmm. really love and then some other fiction that we like. Um, but then there is, there are these differing things that I just know, like if it's got this fantasy element, I know, well, Rebecca can read that. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to, like, I don't have to. And so Walt was a fun choice because um, Rebecca, you and I both do tend to like mm -hmm. some suspense books and we've talked about Girl on the Train on here before. And, um, and we both, I think, loved Gone Girl. And so Walt was a fun choice. But then when I read it, I thought, oh, no, I'm going to have to tell Rebecca I hated this book. <laughs> but really, that's okay. Okay, so any other comments about, I mean, let's think. What else about Walt should we discuss? One of the things that I loved about it was the fact that it was written from a customer service perspective. So you've got, like, this kind of almost invisible guy following the habits of very visible people. And so he talks about how people will, like, literally like use a tissue wad it up and throw it on the ground because they know that somebody will come and pick it up or they'll pick a banana and they'll like eat it before they've even paid for it you yeah. know and this kind of stuff or he finds a package of um raw chicken in the shoe aisle and mm -hmm. unless it's like oh like still frozen rock solid they lose that like they've got to toss it because they can't sell it to people and so I, I enjoyed kind of reading the frustrations of being in the customer service yeah. department because being you know, a bookseller, we are in customer service. Yeah. And it's amazing to me sometimes the peop the things that people will thoughtlessly do because they know that somebody else is going to come behind them and take care of it. Yeah. Or the things that we, because one thing that I did appreciate about Walt's character and one thing that I think he and I have in common, <laughs> which is weird, um, <laughs> but he was a keen observationalist, right? Like, mm -hmm. so he noticed things about people or he saw things about people. And I think as booksellers bartenders, janitors, shopkeepers, like you see a lot of things and you're also told a lot of things mm -hmm. because you're kind of this neutral party and they're never, they may never see you again. And so you kind of overhear conversations or things are told to you that would not normally be told to you. And so you're right. That was kind of a fun, um, aspect of the Very novel. relatable. Yeah. Well, and I loved like, um, the whole conversation, there's this moment in the book where he's talking about, um, married couples and when they talk about things at the grocery store and these arguments about fruit or about, yes. gar you know, garbage bags and stuff. And, you know, when you hear it, you're thinking, why are you arguing so much about this? It sounds so intense when really it's nothing about what they're arguing about. There's this like, you know, subtext that like, underlying. Right. Yeah. And I think that was a really great moment, which I think that a lot of suspense, even Gone Girl, there's like all these moments where she talks about, you know, um, like she mentions the thing about all of the casseroles that people bring to you that have like Ritz crackers in them. Yeah. <laughs> and I think these are the things that only people who write suspense novels bring up really, like yes. truly bring up. Well, and these are the little details that 
make me think about this book in my daily life. Like there's this one scene where he talks about there's a ring on his coffee table and it's in the exact same spot and he doesn't know if it's like the muscle memory of his coffee cup going in that place and Mm -hmm. you know he's describing his apartment and how there's dirty coffee cups but they're not really that dirty because he drinks his coffee black you know Mm -hmm. and so I've recently started drinking black coffee so Mm -hmm. now when I pour my coffee in the morning I think of Walt like (laughs) but those those little details and things that um, kind of keep this fresh in my memory yeah and it's the, gosh, I just, that's so, this is why reading is so fascinating to me, because it's those details where my eyes kind of glazed over, like, why do I care? <laughs> like, why do I care? But, but see, that's so interesting that now, like, those stick out to you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's try something new. Let's end this episode. We're going to talk about what, we were, what we're reading right now, and we're also, after the... After we give a few seconds pause, I think we're going to do some spoiler-filled discussion. So once you've read Walt, come back. It releases this week. Come back. Um, hear what we have to say so you can get... Um, but don't come there until you've read the book because we will do some spoiler-filled talk. Um, but let's also just close out, wrap up our little Walt discussion. I want to know if you loved it or you loathed it. Loved it. Hunter? <laughs> loathed it. <laughs> loved it (laughs) but we would love to know what you think so definitely come back listen to this episode once you've read the book and then report back on one of our social media platforms you can follow us on instagram or twitter at bookshelf tivo okay guys what are you reading right now well it's as this is being recorded it's about to be released by the time that this podcast is published it will have been out for a few months but i am reading rainy nightingale um, by kate DiCamillo, and it is absolutely lovely just the quality of her writing is so endearing and the characters are just fabulous i'm loving it oh good um i i really like her and so i want i want to love her books because i really like her she's a really really big champion of children's books and of libraries and bookstores so always fun when they produce good work too hunter what about you i'm reading the arrangement Oh, by um, Ashley Warlick? Yes. And at first I was like, I was like, this is interesting, but now I'm getting into it. Okay, and I, I love the writing. The font threw me off, <laughs> but that's okay because once I got into it, the font was normal again. But I love it so far. It is about an affair, but I think it's done really well. And I love it. This was the book about MFK Fisher, and I read it as an advanced reader copy. Um, the writer is also a champion uh a champion of bookstores because she owns one. Um, so she owns an indie bookstore, I believe, in South Carolina. Um, I love that book, so I can't wait to hear what you think. Um, I am reading We Are Called to Rise by Laura McBride. I'm reading it for a long-distance book club I'm in. Um, I'm really enjoying it. It's taken a different direction than I anticipated. Um, the novel is told in alternating voices, which I'm discovering I like when done really well. Um, this one is done very well, but it's also just going in a very different direction. Um, it takes place in Las Vegas, Nevada, um, so you've got a lot of different cultural aspects of Las Vegas that I'm learning about. Um, but I also think it's going to have a great deal to do with current events. One of the characters is a Muslim immigrant, and one of them is an American soldier with post-traumatic stress disorder. So I think that it's going to go some directions I wasn't anticipating. So um, it's kind of slow going for me, but I am enjoying it. So we'll see what the final what the final verdict is. Um, okay, so as usual, you can find full episodes of From the Front Porch on iTunes or on our store website at www.bookshelfthomasville.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at bookshelftivo. And stay tuned for, um, I was going to say scenes from the next episode. <laughs> that feels like what you should say. Stay tuned for um, some spoiler-filled discussion about Walt. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.
All right, let's talk about the ending. Like, the, the detectives come to the door, and Walt hears the knock on the door, and all you know is that the detectives believe they finally have whatever it is that they need yeah. to pin these disappearances, essentially murders, mm-hmm. on Walt. And then Walt finishes his narration with, there's a knock at the door and the detectives are back. And that's it. <laughs> no, it's done. He's going to get off, though, because I watched The People vs. O.J. Simpson, and <laughs> it's all about how you spin the story. So, <laughs> Too bad Johnny Cochran is dead. That day. <laughs> there's, there's no one to defend Walt. Um, okay, I will admit, I loved... I loved the quote-unquote cliffhanger ending. Mm-hmm. Um... Like, I liked that there was a knock at the door. It didn't feel like a cliffhanger to me. Like, I feel like he will go to prison. Like, mm-hmm. surely he will go to prison. Um, but, I, st- God, I just, you talked about crescendo, and I still felt like flatline. See, my best friend called me about 30 pages from the end. And I let her go to voicemail and texted her and said, I'm sorry, I'm about... 30 pages from the end, I will call you when I'm done. Oh my gosh. Okay, and I feel like this is a perfect uh, analogy because if somebody had called me, I would be like, please, God damn it, away from this book. Okay. Um, I actually, I was reading this on the way to Tyler's um, parents' house for the, her, his, his mom's birthday dinner, and I was about 30 pages from the end, and I sat it down, and I went and I like mingled for a while. I came back, I read five more pages, and I sat it down until I got home. <laughs> I don't understand you two. I don't get it. Like, oh, I okay. So here's part of the problem. I think for me, I didn't care enough about the detectives. I didn't care enough about them solving the crime. Like, the detectives felt like um, underpainted characters to me. Now, I did. There, there are a couple of women that he stalks, right? Mm -hmm. And one of them. I hope I'm not confusing the two. But one of them, we get her diary entries. But then there's another one, right? And she adds curtains to her house. Yes. And that I thought was a subtle, creepy element Mm -hmm. that she knows she's being watched. But we are not getting her narration. We're not getting her diary Mm -hmm. entries, so we don't see what's going on in her Mm -hmm. head. All we know is that she has started to close her curtains or add curtains to her to her windows. And that was a cool, creepy element yeah. to me. And that, I thought, to me, that was the highlight. That's the one thing that'll, uh, that'll stick with me. And she was the one that I kind of thought, oh my gosh, please solve this. Because I don't want her to die. Like, she's, ad- she's added curtains to her windows. She knows. And then I did feel similarly about the girl with the diary because I thought, they have a chance to save her life. Yeah, and I was so proud of her for, like, choosing to move. Yes. Because she starts off, like, her her diary starts off where she's like, I'm writing this because I have this nervous feeling, but maybe if I write down what's actually happening, then it'll kind of lose its mystique and right. I won't be scared anymore, you know. And, Which is maybe God, why I liked her so much. I did like her and I liked that she didn't back down to her boyfriend because yeah. he tried to convince her that it was all in her head. I liked that she actually did something. Yeah. yeah. Because so many people like they just brush it off or they get brushed off. And she did get brushed off but she didn't stop trying to do something. Yeah. And I hate that it didn't work. I know. You know. Mm-hmm. That, that she that, didn't make it. That to me was devastating. So that like as dev- I did not get very devastated about this book because, as I unfortunately have already described, it was rather ambivalent. But I cared about her character. Mm-hmm. She was who I identified most with. And I think it's because she dealt with her feelings through writing, which, mm-hmm. hello. Um, <laughs> and so I really wanted her to make it. And then when she didn't, I felt like, 
Oh, and and again, I'm grateful to the writer for being bold enough to do that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't remember her. Di- did she die? Yeah, I didn't remember. That. I didn't remember that. I forgot about it already. I was like, he oh, she died. Her. her bags I are packed. Forgot. The house is empty. Yeah, and he has read in her diary that she figured out who he is. Yeah, who's stalking oh, her. that's right. And because he she comes it down, and because he. Because that's yeah, what's so that's creepy right. about him is he mm. can't like it's not just he that he's watching them key. he copies her key mm-hmm. and he comes in her home and that now Rebecca I will give you that was creepy that was terrifying that was, <laughs> was terrifying that was super creepy yeah you should not read this like so no I live alone <laughs> I was sitting alone at home and I was like double checking that all my curtains were closed and that yeah. my door was locked and like yeah. see as a as a somewhat insane person if someone was like in my house I mean because doesn't he like doesn't he like feed the cat yeah yes. I was like that's so that's so nice like if someone <laughs> would just come in and feed my dog I would be so grateful but that's probably what's wrong with me that was his but, ruse but I will say I loved uh, there was a part I really did like um until it ended was the um <laughs> the part where he's like driving in the rain and he like picks up a girl yes and yes. I loved that part I was like okay and like I wanted like I don't know. Like, I wanted him to, like, take her and, like, skin her or something. But <laughs> nothing, nothing, yeah. <laughs> nothing. She's safe, I think. I think she's safe. Yeah, oh, no. No, she's oh, one of oh. the girls that stays missing. He's responsible oh. for three missing oh, people. Oh, just kidding. Okay, she's not I safe. Told, I was with the hunter. I thought he, for some reason, I don't know what I'm <laughs> confusing no, it because with. because he stops his narration right before you find out whether or not he did the awful thing that you're pretty sure he did. And that's what happens is, like, he talks about his marriage leading up to it, but he never really he just says that she's gone and then you've got this random bit with the girl that he rescues from the rain and but he's driving her somewhere and you never really find out if he actually I thought he didn't do anything because Mary his wife is girl one woman with the curtains is girl two and girl with the diary is girl three but there's three women that are missing and the girl that was camping in addition to their in addition to his wife yes in addition to his wife and then you've got the girl with the diary okay he's because at the end of it he describes the three different women and the three different things that were like the reasons yes yeah but i guess i thought one of them was his wife one of them is his wife one is the girl in the rain and then one is the um is the girl with the diary the Who's the, the girl with the curtains? He didn't do anything to her. Well, oh that's gosh. dumb. See, I clearly her. misread this novel. <laughs> uh, part We're... of it might be that I skimmed <laughs> the end. Oh, maybe that's why. Can but I, I talk t- about the cabin for a minute? Yes, yeah. we can talk about the cabin. Okay, did anybody else call that there was a dead body in the cabin? Yes. I did think that there was Because the first time he goes in the cabin and he, like, describes this ambiguous, like, bundle in the corner, and I was like, oh, my God, it's a body. Yeah. It's totally a body. Yeah. But you don't find out for another, like, 10 or 15 pages until he goes back to the cabin. Yeah. Because he, it takes him a couple days, and all of a sudden he remembers what he saw, you know, kind of a thing. I thought that was interesting. God, this is why we need people to listen to this podcast and then comment back, because Rebecca is over here, like... Dying. So passionate, and I'm like, oh, okay. I don't, I don't remember anything. I do remember the cabin, I and I do remember you don't thinking remember the cabin. I like, I, I had like a glass <laughs> of wine. So I had like a glass or a bottle of wine when I was. I was like, well, I didn't so. even drink. I have no excuse whatsoever. <laughs> like, excuse. But I thought it was so fascinating, like the the little details about how like people would build illegal cabins and they would furnish them and like have like essentially like mini hunting lodges That's that right. they would develop. Up, and then the rangers would come through, find these illegal dwellings, and burn them to the ground. Yes. I was like, I had no idea that this happened. That is interesting. And that was fascinating to me. He did incorporate some really interesting details. And unlike some other books I read, so, for example, I enjoyed but did not love the Girl with the Dragon Tattoos trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the reasons I didn't love it was 
it was filled with unnecessary details. And to me, the writing wasn't great, and I just thought he needed an editor. Mm -hmm. But he died, and I think they felt sorry for him, so here they just published <laughs> his stories. Um, I know that that is sacrilege, and I'm sorry. Um, but I did like that here the details mattered, mm -hmm. and, the, and you are right. There was a slow burn. I just wanted a fire at the end. Like, I wanted like more I wanted more of a crescendo than I got well I think it almost would have been like disingenuous to the tone of the entire book for yeah. it to end with a bang because it's not a flashbang kind of a book yeah um, okay. and I think as long as you know that from the beginning yeah then I don't think expectations will be disappointed in the same way like mm -hmm. because for me I mean even though books like we've, we've talked about the comparisons even the books like Gone Girl and Girl on the Train they do have these really like big twist That's moments true. they are also slow burns because it's more about the suspense of who the character is as opposed to what's happening to the character yeah. or what the character is doing. And I don't care. Like, that's a thing. Like, I normally don't mind slow burns because I mentioned the dinner. Like, I I really do normally like slow burns. I don't want big flashy novels. You know, Which is why I'm kind of surprised that you didn't enjoy this one. <gasps> Let me because just... it wasn't even terribly, like, grotesque for a thriller. No, it because wasn't it grotesque about at all. How, I liked that. Like... Um, you know, Perfect, uh, Perfect Days, days was, so was a little over the top, and yeah. you found it a little gross. Yeah. This didn't rely on those kinds of things for its I appeal. Wish so I wish I knew why I didn't care. Let's say, I'll, I'll say why. Wait, I'll say why. I hate men, <laughs> and I hated, re I was like, oh, why couldn't a woman have done this? Like, that sounds bad, but not that I think women are crazy, but I just think women are just... I'm just really compelled by women. Like, I'm just like, I love women. Like, but I don't know crazy. if that's why I was ambivalent. Maybe that's why you didn't like it. Was that why I didn't like it too? I don't know. I You're not that misogynistic. Sorry, Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, I, I am with you that I really wanted the women's voices more. Like, mm -hmm. I really did not, I got, I just did not care about Walt. I did not find him interesting. Um, and so, yeah, I just, God, I just felt ambivalent about it. Um, but I did, I thought the ending was perfect mm -hmm. for the novel. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I did not maybe get the huge crescendo that I wanted, but I loved that the last line was like, that there was a knock at the door. Like, I thought that was... Well, his whole ending. tone is so nonchalant about yeah. everything. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that is so terrifying. Yeah. You're, mm -hmm. No, you're right. That I, and his nonchalance was, I think, one of the more interesting parts of the mm -hmm. book. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Happy reading, everybody.